Welcome to Making Sense of MarTech, an irregular set of conversations with some of the most interesting people in marketing, technology, and advertising. I'm Juan Mendoza. I write the MarTech Weekly Newsletter. It's a weekly email that covers important shifts in the marketing technology industry. People who work in some of the largest companies in the world read it every week. You can read, listen, and subscribe at themartechweekly.com. Today, I'm joined by Franz Remusma. He's the founder of MarTech Tribe, a Europe-based advisory and research firm that tracks the developments of the marketing technology industry and builds tools for senior leaders to better evaluate and manage their marketing technology investments. Franz has also contributed to digital transformation training as a lecturer at Nine Road Business University and has spent close to a decade working with Brandmaker, a global marketing operations platform across research and development, innovation, and also customer success. But today, we're actually talking about the upcoming MarTech Day event. What is MarTech Day? It's the first event of its kind. It's the first time it's happening this year in 2022. And it's an event that both Franz and Scott Brinker from Chief MarTech have collaborated on and which they'll be unveiling a bunch of really great MarTech research. So the first thing they'll be looking at is unveiling the much-anticipated 2022 Global MarTech Landscape research document, which has been a couple of years coming now. The next is uh, they're also going to be presenting the latest research into the MarTech industry and presenting the annual Stackies Awards, which uh, really showcases how companies of all shapes and sizes visually present their marketing technology stacks in their business. And so today we're going to be talking about how marketing technology has changed over the past couple of years and why Franz and Scott see the need for an international MarTech Day event. So today I give you Franz. Thank you so much, Juan. Thank you so much for uh, having me in the conversation about MarTech because that's what we both love so much. We sure do. And I am very curious, friends, about your background. I know you've been working with Brandmaker in the past and you're the founder of MarTech Tribe, but how did you actually get into the MarTech industry and what's led you to all the kinds of incredible research that you do? Um, Over the past year, we've been working, collaborating on a number of things. And the thing that really strikes me, friends, is that your ability to get insight into the industry is just absolutely mind-blowing. So I'd love to know, how did you actually get into this industry and what led you to the kind of research you do today? Yeah, that's a a long story, but I will make it very short. So uh, end of last century, I uh, graduated from university and I was doing a combination between arts and marketing and management and and, uh, economics. So it's culture on the one hand and uh, marketing on the other hand. So I founded my first company, which was without knowing it, actually a damn company, digital asset management company. And pretty soon I found out that the developers were absolutely, you know, geniuses, but not so much in user experience. So that's where I started to code myself, working with databases, working with different programming languages. So that's how it came about. And yeah, I, I, I always thought uh, I was never smart enough to call myself a chief MarTech. I call myself a, a marketing developer, which is kind of not so sexy, I think. People didn't get it, uh, but it always felt to me like this is a twilight zone between marketing and technology. And where IT people think in Boolean, like zeros and ones, marketers think in, I don't know how many digits you need, but, you know, we need to be creative to follow the client. So it always fascinated me how you 
make sure that the marketing needs, you know, find their uh, residue in, in some kind of IT structure because IT normally is like concrete, right? It's very fluid in the beginning and at the end it's rock hard and you can't change anything. And this is where the conflicts are between marketing and technology. So this has always been driving me, you know, creativity on the one hand in marketing and then structure in IT. And I think, yeah, I found out last year, well, not some years ago, but really recently they call it marketing ops. So this is my coming out, I think. <laughs> and I think you're right that there's um, the world of marketing is very creative. There's a lot of spontaneity in, in that industry. There's a lot of sort of campaign based, but a lot of it's getting cut through with a message and reaching the right customer and convincing that customer to do something. You know, that is extremely creative and free form and networked. Whereas with IT, and in traditionally in enterprise businesses, I agree that, you know, in a startup, things are very fluid and technology can move very quickly. But then when it gets later down the, um, down, down the track and a few years later, it's hardened like concrete. You know, you've got the silos, you've got the structures that are very inflexible. And, you know, I think that when uh, sort of combining to those two worlds, you find some fantastic insights into business that you just don't find elsewhere. And that's what I love about MarTech personally, but it's great to hear your story. Now, I want to talk about MarTech Day. Uh, what is this event? Maybe you can give our listeners a little bit of a, a background to what it is. But I want to know, why do we need a day specifically for MarTech? Yes, that's a very good question. So uh, last year, I, I did, I think, over 20, 30 podcasts together with Scott Brinker solely on marketing ops. And of course, that's linked to Mar MarTech uh, and how you manage your stack. And um, pretty soon we were like, it's becoming so important. And I always thought I, I once, you know, co-wrote a, a book on marketing resource management, which was the equivalent of marketing ops. And this is already dating back 2009, if I'm not wrong. And I always thought, you know, one day marketing ops operation becomes really important because it's really the number crunching all behind the scenes. You're not, you know, thinking about the, um, the creative you're not also doing the IT side, but you're combining the two worlds. You know, you have to be perfectly equipped to understand that you that marketers should be creative, but not in the processes, just in the artwork. And how can you make sure that that works? So marketing ops, increasingly important. We did a poll last year on LinkedIn, found out that I think at least in, in the 200 responses uh, we got, that 80% of the American companies say they have a marketing ops team. In Europe, it was only 30% that officially name it as such, have a budget and a mandate. Another 30% said, ah, I think I'm doing that. Um, we call it differently. And another 30% was not really sure what we were talking about. So we thought it's really important that all these hardworking people behind the scenes making sure that every last minute request for a campaign, can you set up X, Y, Z, can you do this, that they are business savvy enough to challenge that and then technically enough, uh, uh, tech savvy enough to put a scalable infrastructure in place because the next time around, you don't want to have your legacy of this, you know, ad hoc last minute request of today, three months down the line. And, and that's such a, a new job description. So you mentioned that I teach at business schools. I normally start with, um, I will give you a new job title and it's called marketing ops. And people go, like, what, what is that? So we thought that's a very important topic. 
And of course, you know, Secretary Day, and I'm from the Netherlands, so we, we have a lot of tulip business. Why not give people tulips on this day? Or why not give them an event or both? Um, so that's how it came about some months ago when I spoke with uh, Scott, uh, when we decided to launch the Super Graphics for 2022 together. Hmm. Yeah, I definitely think MarTech is definitely, uh, it's big enough now to have its own day. Uh, you know, we're talking about, I won't uh, reveal the numbers of, of this year's research, but last count, there were more than 8,000 MarTech tools, I think back in 2020, when the last sort of chief MarTech, um, MarTech landscape came out. And, you know, I'm already anticipating that's going to, that since COVID-19 and the amount of startups that have entered the space, is just going to be a huge amount of growth in the MarTech category. So I do think it needs a sort of a day, right? Like I think that having a day to, for the international community, I think more importantly, to come together and say, what is actually happening in the marketing technology space and what's important that we should be tracking? I think that's quite valuable and quite important uh, for uh, for practitioners and for uh, people all across the industry. And so uh, I, I guess a big part of this event is a collaboration between yourself and Scott Brinker from Chief Martech. And you're working on the next sort of marketing technology landscape diagram. Um, from what I know, it's going to be very different from what it's been in the past few years. Even a few weeks ago when we caught up last friends and we had a discussion, I had a conversation with uh, somebody new I've never met before. And they are new to MarTech. And it was very interesting. They said, you know, they were trying to understand what is the MarTech industry looking like in Australia. And this person, he held up a paper document and it was actually one of your uh, MarTech landscape diagrams. And, you know, you can see how valuable it is for people to just get a good bird's eye view of operators in a different region and a different in different countries, but also what are the different categories of MarTech and how many companies are in each category. So, you know, you can see that it's an incredibly valuable tool and um, time and time again, uh, either from yourself, friends, or from Scott Brinker's work with Chief MarTech, these tools have become, become very important ways of understanding the industry. Now, I want to know, uh, given that you've been both been working on categorizing MarTech for years now separately in different parts of the world, Scott's in the US and you're in the Netherlands and Europe. Now, what brought this collaboration about around the actual landscape? Have you been collaborating with Scott in the past? Um, and why is it a good time now to start creating an international version? That's a very good question. I've been in touch every now and then with Scott Brinker, you know, on events or chit chat. And of course, we like yourself, we, we love MarTech. I, I think it was in 2019, the summer of 2019, together with one of my developers, we were looking into the, the global research of Scott Brinker, um, did a deep dive. I think it was one of the first years, if I'm not mistaken, that he released also an Excel sheet. So we started scraping Twitter handles of all those companies. And we found out that 73% was US-based, and that explained why there were a lot of European tools missing. And I spoke to Scott and his colleagues and friends, and, and they said, yeah, it's, it's quite a difficult market, different languages, currency, what have you. So, uh, and I thought, okay, let, let's give it a go, um, because back here in the Netherlands, there, there were a lot of tools missing, German. And I started reaching out to people, and it started to escalate, or, you know, uh, in a nice way. So pretty soon, we had a kind of a group of people um, Back then, I started to found this company, so I thought I might as well call it MarTech Tribe. 
because it feels like a clan of people, you know, helping out like yourself, like yourself helping out this year. Thank you so much for that. So it's people like you that really make this tribe thrive and, 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 and make sure that we share and care, you know, all those logos, vendors and, and learn about the, the market. So I've been doing that. I always adhere to the structure of Scott Brinker and I always send over my new batch of new founds in Europe and send them over to him. So he could in the last, yeah, since 2019. And then last year when we did a lot of podcasts together, every now and then we touched upon how do you collect, clean, validate all your logos and vendors. And, and then we said, hey, let's, let's collaborate. Let's do this together and make sure we have an, a global overview. We have put everything since last year, summer in a huge database, data warehouse and Google BigQuery. And now we can run all sorts of reports. And suddenly it appeared to us like, it occurred to us like we could, you know, do this PDF again, which we should, but it's, and, and Scott said this uh, very nicely, he said, it's not helping people to select software. And I spoke to one of my best friends in South Africa. Uh, he's a CMO, his, his name is Major uh, Sony. And he said, Franz, the super graphic is not to solve a problem, it's to understand you have one. <laughs> and that was so spot on that I thought, okay, so how can we make sure that we, on the one hand, make sure people understand they have a problem, and on the other hand, help people with, I don't know, maybe not selecting software, but understanding where to find the right ones, in which country, which uh, category. And it's, it's very important that we still keep this PDF alive, because when I do my classes for these uh, business schools that I uh, work for as well, Nine out of 10 times, I, I, I see people raising their hands, 50% raise their hands and say, um, I, I've never seen this graph before. And as long as it's 50%, we have a lot of PR work to do, you know? So this PDF has to be there. On the other hand, we're also releasing now one where you can online log in, a bit like the MarTech 5000 that Scott launched before, and you can slice and dice and uh, have a view and uh, maybe even print your own uh, PDF if you want to, based on your own selection. Mm. So I, I actually think that, uh, that I, and I agree with you, that the, the landscape document is not necessarily a solution. It tells you that you may have a problem <laughs> or it's a fantastic visibility tool. I, I would say it's, it's a way to go. Okay. I can zoom into a specific category of MarTech, say I'm evaluating vendors. And now I can see, okay, there's not just three on my RFP list here that I should be looking at. There are now 30 that I should be looking at. And maybe there are solutions in different regions that make more sense when I'm looking to purchase technology um, or evaluate technology against each other. So, you know, I, I, I definitely agree that it's, it's beneficial, it's helpful for the industry. So we actually supported the Australian version of the landscape this year, uh, myself, along with uh, Simon O'Day, uh, Ben DeSales and Phil Wild uh, at the Loomery. Now, um, these fellows and myself spent a bunch of time um, auditing the existing Australian MarTech landscape, and then we added a bunch of new vendors as well from the community, and a big shout out to LinkedIn because I put out a post and we had 40, 50 people actually respond and, and add, contribute MarTech companies that I had no idea about, and that was the most important thing I think that came out of that research for us was that, wow, we don't actually know 
what's in our own backyard when it comes to MarTech. Like it was actually so phenomenal that we thought we knew um, what was going on in the MarTech space. There was just so many companies that came out of the woodwork that absolutely blew our mind. And I, I guess that goes back to your point around, yeah, it actually shows you have a problem. It's like, well, actually there are so many companies here and it's, and it's very worthwhile doing research to understand the industry a little bit better to help others as well. That was a surprise from myself and, and my colleagues from the Lumery. But what have been some surprises for you as you've gone through and done this research in other regions and, and more from a holistic international perspective as well? Yeah, one of the surprises, I'm not sure if it's a real surprise, but it, it keeps expanding the landscape. And so what I see is, is there still no consolidation or still no, maybe there will be never a consolidation. It's more like atomization. It's more like more companies doing a smaller task really well, re, really uh, intuitively, and they integrate with everything else. So that's that's the main trend I still see happening. And it's it, it will not stop. And now with low-code, no-code, I think it, it will even go further because now you can produce a tool, use it for yourself, test it, and maybe even launch it as a new product. So that that is phenomenal. And that's, that's a big change. I, I can tell you, there's still many countries that we haven't found all the, the, the vendors out there. Uh, you know, it's never done. There will always be new vendors and other vendors that go out of business. But it's, it's not only, it's, there's a large portion of, of like, I call them the, the big vendors like CRM, marketing automation, CMS, MRM, those kind of groups of, of categories. But there are so many niche plays that you go like, Oh my word! So it's it's really taglines for uh, Facebook. Or I, I I will look it up and I will share it also in on uh, third of uh, May. So many niche players that you go. I didn't even understand. Or for instance, I saw a software for migrating help desks. <laughs> that, mm. That's so niche. I mean, it's amazing. Or yeah, translations. You know, but really in an AI driven uh, fashion. I, I I will have to find I. Every now and then, just like yourself, I, I do a lot of these vendor validations, which is more like, you know, what are they doing? In which category are they? Which country do they sit? Do they have a login? Because otherwise it's normally or often a, a agency. We just want vendors in there. Um, and it's it's every single time mind-blowing. And, and it's a great learning experience. I go like, I didn't know these tools were out there. I remember like in 2018, I was working with 10 students from a university here nearby and we decided to go through, you know, I think back then there were like 5,000. So let's, let's see how far we get. I think in a year we got, we, we went through 2000 vendors and then, you know, we said this, this doesn't make sense because by the time we've done the 5,000, they probably have, you know, new features. So, but that's not the purpose. Then it hit me. It was like, that's not the purpose to understand all the tools. It's, it's impossible. What you need is understand and, and grow skills to validate tools quickly in, in, a, in a faster way possible. Is this tool helping me? What is my goal? Maybe it's a great tool, but maybe it's not uh, solving your problem. So, and, and that skill is something we have to learn. And this is another reason why we started MarTech Day. You have to grow these skills because every business becomes increasingly digital 
in every aspect of the customer journey. So, you know, it's, it's vital for marketers to learn how to deal with MarTech. Even if you don't have to operate it, you have to understand what comes with the territory and what is out there. Hmm. You do, definitely do need to know what, what comes with the territory. I mean, even the rise of ecosystems or, you know, I think uh, Anita from uh, Cabinet M calls them anchor platforms where you have these big sort of chunky MarTech tools like a HubSpot CRM or a Salesforce or an Adobe stack or something, or even Oracle, where you have these sort of technology vendors that sort of sit in the middle and then you have this ecosystem of apps that sit around it and integrate with it or enrich that core sort of feature set of those tools. And uh, what I found in terms of going into that a little bit deeper was that, you know, there's this ecosystem around MarTech, you know, for example, HubSpot, I think recently just celebrated a thousand apps in their ecosystem, a thousand tools that are all sitting around MarTech. They're doing a specific to your point, friends, um, a point solution, something that's actually, uh, you know, a very specific point in time, an integration or a specific use case that they enable, but they sit around in this ecosystem, you know, so there's just so much complexity with even with at that level. And then you have all the other companies that are out there as well. And you think about it and you're like, wow, okay, there is a lot to understand. Where do you even start? Where do you even begin, friends? I mean, that's a question that a lot of people ask me when they say, you know, I'm trying to get even into the market industry. I have nowhere where to actually begin. Which vendor should I go and actually start applying a job for? And it's like, well, how long is a piece of string? I mean, like that's how do you know where to start and where are the advantages and the opportunities within the industry? And I think that's, again, it goes back to the value of having an international community because you can start getting a view across which categories are growing, which categories are really actually driving a lot of change for businesses and what is that territory? Like how do you actually navigate and, and categorize these different uh, marketing technology tools? So, you know, I, I, would, I would say that it's, it's very important to, if you're working in this industry, to actually take some time to evaluate the, the actual broader sort of landscape and understand it. Because if you don't, you really don't know what you don't know, particularly brand side. I see this happening a lot with brand side uh, practitioners is that they often go to evaluate something like a customer data platform and they'll go with the most obvious solution or the one that has the most sort of skilled people that are already on the tools or uh, what already sort of works with their existing stack. And, you know, that's just really not critical thinking to me. That's actually just taking the path of least resistance what the, the MarTech Day event and the sort of MarTech landscape and the research is supposed to do is actually really equip people to make better decisions, to make create better outcomes for their businesses at the end of the day. And so, you know, I, I think, you know, just even touching on that research piece, both you and uh, Scott are working on a 2022 state of MarTech report. So this is outside of all the landscape research that's happening. There's going to be a big analysis piece as well with some key insights into the industry. But I want to ask uh, for our audience as we get closer to May the 3rd, uh, that's the day of the event, uh, do you have any teasers or any interesting insights or sort of a direction on uh, what that research is going to look like for MarTech Day? Um, yes and no, uh, of course. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> what is striking? Well, it, it, it comes back to the question you asked just now, um, you know, where to start and, and, and what makes a good stack. And this is what you will find back in the state of MarTech report. It's, it's a lot of insights on the business side of stuff. So really more marketing ops rather than just uh, technology. And 
you know, technology is only solving so much. It's always about the people sitting behind it. So technology is as advanced as the person operating it. And that's what I just explained with the business schools. You know, there's so many people that have no uh, real idea yet. So they see this landscape and they, they normally go through two different states. One is like euphoria and the next one is panic attack. The first one is like, wow, what a land of opportunity. Where do I start? Mm. Um, <laughs> and, and the thing is, start with a goal. You have to understand what is it you are trying to solve with your business um, and how do you organize yourself? So first, the goals, then the organization is the processes, the people, the skills, and oh, yes, then we have technology. And if you approach it that way, then suddenly out of the thousands of tools, you, you can really trim it down to something very simple and say, okay, but actually I need only these five tools. And, and actually there are not so many. So yeah, there are like thousands of tools, but in the category for the problem that I'm solving, this is the shortlist of only five uh, options out there. And I, I keep repeating this in every single uh, uh, occasion that I can. If you select software, only select it for the next three years, maybe five. So what are you uh, doing today? How do you make money today? Make sure that's not falling over or falling apart. And then make sure that how do you want to make a difference in the next two to three years and, and put that infrastructure in, into play? I see too often that there's like um, these uh, future-proof MarTech selections. There's no future-proof. I mean... Nobody knows if there will be another war or another pandemic or competition coming up or whatever it is, you know. Um, so make sure you're safe for the next two to three years, because based on that, you'll probably be able to add the new MarTech, upcoming MarTech that you didn't think of in the next years, because it integrates, you know, like iPaaS and all those tools. It, and you just mentioned HubSpot with a thousand integration. It, it keeps integrating. So just make sure that if you can do the next two to three years, you're golden. The next two to three years, I love it. And I think it's a good sort of horizon as well. There's always new things coming out. I mean, even three years ago, CDPs were just an emergent category and now they're everywhere. Let's just use one example. But I want to take a bit of a step away from the actual research for a minute and talk about the international community. Now, I can't really think of anybody who's more plugged into the international space in MarTech than yourself, friends. Um, you know, you work with people all across Europe, but also in the US. You're talking with me now in Australia. We've collaborated in the past. You know, and it's wonderful to see. One of the joys of working in this industry is actually the ability to um, really collaborate with different perspectives all around the world and understand all sort of varieties of perspectives around the industry. But, you know, I, I guess that this event is quite important and significant in that for two reasons. The first one is that this is a, a community-driven event that is not led by a vendor. So often in the MarTech industry, we have companies like Salesforce and Adobe doing big global events, um, you know, and that's uh, all sort of vendor-led, so technology company-led, whereas this is actually community-led, um, and it's led by yourself and Scott from Chief MarTech. And I, I guess the big perspective here on the event, this leading to my second point, is that uh, you've got the international community working together, and this is uh, bringing a new lens on the MarTech landscape from a global perspective, but how do you hope the event will actually motivate more people from around the world to engage? And what do you think sort of the outcomes are of uh, MarTech Day and its impact on the international community? 
I, I do hope that Martech Day will evolve and, and include as many practitioners as we can. So I started like a couple of years ago and say, okay, I want to somehow learn about Martech. You know, I, I was in the industry, of course, for a long time, but in a specific area. And I, I brought up my horizon. And I thought, what better way to do this than to talk to other people? And, and they can teach me and I can learn. And that's why I ended up with, you know, a, a, a large group of people. And every single time, like with yourself, I, I learn and I go like, oh, that's interesting. That's fascinating. How do you do, do this? And how did, do they pull it off? And, and then I share it with other people. So that's exactly what Martech Day is all about. And this is how uh, Scott and myself, you know, the past year um, did these podcasts, exchanging ideas and, oh, I didn't think of that one. And how, and that's, that's, I think, the most important part. Uh, mind you, we have over 200 people that have contributed to all these countries, country landscapes and super graphics in total. And they love to participate. And some help out for a year. Some have been around for years already. It's all open. It's all free. And yeah, sharing is, is a very important thing because what you don't want is to be educated by the sales rep of a software vendor. And I'm also speaking now on behalf of those sales reps because those sales reps go like, I have to educate and sell at the same time. Can you just, you know, educate yourself and I will tell you what makes us unique and different um, because that's what their real task is. So that's how I learned. Yeah, you have to educate yourself as a, a MarTech manager or even as a marketing manager and understand what is out there so that um, you will be able to have a, a, I don't know, mature conversation, if, if that's the word, the right word, I don't know, uh, with, with sales reps of software uh, companies. And, uh, and then they can really boost, you know, your productivity and really add value. But all too often, they are so much into education that the real added value, you, you don't get there. And that's, that's a pity. That's a pity for both parties. So I think really if we exchange ideas and, and, and get our act together, if, if I may call it that way, as MarTech manager, marketing operation managers, then I think we're in a, in a good uh, spot. And that's exactly why, yes, we have uh, great sponsors for MarTech Day, by the way, but in, in no way, shape, or form, they're telling us what to say or to do. Uh, they just support the community. And, and that's what I, I really like. And personally, my practice and my work is also independent from software. And, and I think that's that's an important uh, uh, angle, as you pointed out. I like that. Thank you. Hmm. No, I, I agree. I, I had um, Carlos Doughty from Martech Alliance, well, now called Learning um, Learning Experience Alliance. So you recently just changed their name. But his perspective was also was very, very similar to yours as well, friends, in the sense that, like we really spoke about how education is such a missing um, piece in the Martech industry for a couple of reasons. The industry is just still catching up with all of the change and momentum over the past decade, you know, but also we can't really go to university and get a education in marketing technology. You know, there's only a certain amount of people, uh, sort of organizations in the world that can actually help with that specific education. And I think um, the international, this event will definitely push that agenda further. I think education, learning, the ability to really have those insights in hand when you're making critical decisions. Because, you know, MarTech is so consequential in any business. It's uh, it's how you compete now. It's how you drive value. It's if it's not implemented right, it's how you lose millions of dollars as well. <laughs> you know, uh, MarTech is a reason why people leave a business. And it's also a reason why they 
um, join one as well. So, you know, I think MarTech in a business is so consequential and so critical that actually spending some time with the international community just makes sense, friends. It just makes sense. So um, I would like to throw to you, where can we find you on the internet, friends? And where can we find MarTech Day as well? Um, MarTech Day is just uh, martechday.com. Right now it's redirecting directly to the subscription page for uh, the day itself. Later on, we'll probably develop an, uh, a website for it in itself. Yeah, my, my website is martechtribe.com and you can find me on LinkedIn. I think that's the best way because that's where I share a lot of the insights and things that I learn from other people or based on the research we do on our vendor database or stack database. And uh, yeah, share it with people and see uh, how we can learn and bring this uh, uh, community forward. Great. Well, we'll be regularly interviewing people who are featured every week in the MarTech Weekly Newsletter. People like friends. We delve into topics that subscribers care about with industry leaders who are really making change in the MarTech space. So if you'd like to read and subscribe, you can head to the martechweekly.com.